His journey began when he dropped out of first term of high school. Today, he oversees a company making, what, 400 million rand? Easily. Yeah. And he has companies in 14 countries employing hundreds of people. This Zimbabwean hasn't even celebrated his 30th birthday mm, yet. Goals, goals, goals. We're mad about him and his H&G advertising group. Knight Ganje, welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. How are you, brother? I'm okay. I can't complain. Eh? Why did you drop out of school? I was really bad at school. Yeah. And it was, I was really bored, to say the least. I had too many smart friends around me. I later just realized that I had too many smart people around me. Yeah. And... I just, school was just not for me. It's, I'm not saying it's not for everyone. Sure. But what was your plan when you dropped out of school? You know, I was always passionate about media, right? Yes. So I always thought maybe I'd work uh, at a newspaper or in, a, in a, something to do with the media industry. Sure. So then if I left, after I left school, a plan came that a friend of mine was from church was going to Botswana for a week. Sure. So I said, okay, I'll go for a week with you. And then we were, we visited uh, some guy, his friend in Botswana. Mm. So once we got there, a week now came to an end. But when I was there, I was so, I was so uh, excited because the media had already grown so much in Zim. And when I came to Bots, it was like really in its infancy, you know? You, you saw opportunities. I see an opportunity mm. there. Then my friend told me, okay, we have to go back now. So I said, no, 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 no. For us, for me, I'm wanna, I want to remain behind. So... I asked this friend. Hold up, hold up. So you went for a one-week holiday and never went back home? I, I, like literally for three years, I never even yeah, went my back. Dad. Wow. But you used to sleep inside a tuck shop at some stage. Yeah. That's, Tell us about those days. So actually what happened is the friend we'd visited, after a week said, okay, you can stay another three, four days. My wife is not here. Sure. But when she now the wife came back, he's like, but I've got this. So there was a main house and a tuck shop at the as a, like a spaza shop in front of the yard. Yeah. Like I can give a mattress there and you can stay. So that that became my house for the next year. Wow. And that's So where, what are you doing while you're sleeping in this spaza shop? So in the beginning I started doing like your odd piece job. I remember my first job in Botswana I painted uh, some guys glass, you know this type of windows, the brown ones, you know. Yes. So that's that was my first job. Like the wooden frames. The wooden frames. Yeah. yeah. So he asked me to paint these wooden frames. Funny enough from that job, that guy owned a milk company. So he told me, Do you, you know, one of the things is about Zimbabweans, we never say no to anything. So he says, can you market now? From painting his window, he says, can you market? I'm like, I can do anything. So, <laughs> Can I tell you about my cousin? My cousin is half Motswana, half Zimbabwean. Yeah. Mm. And when you ask him, what do you do? Mm. He says to you, what do you need done? Mm. <laughs> and he gets it done. Mm. That's true. <laughs> Blows me away. No, That's the spirit, you know. I remember someone told me back in the days that, you know, we, if anyone asks what can you do, just anything, yes. you know, then you figure out how to do it later on. So after that, so literally that became my my journey into like advertising really, mm -hmm. because now I went to his office and um, I we started helping with merchandising for his products. Mm -hmm. But while the idea was there now to merchandise, so I started coming up with a lie, you know. So I went, went to a lot of people and told them I own the company. Mm. And they used to tell me, no, 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 no. Then one day I was really determined for a not an, uh, no answer. I went to ShopRite early in the morning. And um, the guy at ShopRite, I met the, I got to the reception. You know, they're like, oh, the PA is like, you, you can't see me without an appointment. Mm. I'm just like, I need two minutes. So he was, luckily he was just there. Then he saw me. 
and I told I gave him the best pitch about H and G advertising. Yes. And what, do you remember that pitch? What did you say? No, basically I I knew that they wanted to advertise their their product, the, the company in Botswana. So I told them, you know, our company is very so big. We could save the money. We this is where we beat our competitors. We got the best race with the stations, and you know, as a youth, I'm really excited to work with this brand of theirs. You know. And you had no company. I, I had no company. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, wow. and when I left the when after I said that, you know, this guy, like I I still know him till today. He's called Dian Bymaster. Yes. You know? He says, Okay, so you, you say you can save me, man. I'm like, yes, sir. Then he's like, hmm, okay, the job is yours. So now he told me, You go have to go and give me a quotation. So now I remember I walked to a station, they called RB2. They wanted to be an RB2. I went to RB2 and I told them, guys, I've got a big client called ShopRite. Do you know them? Yeah. So they were excited to have ShopRite <laughs> on them. They're like, I'm like, but they want good price. My client yeah. moves if it's not a good price. He's like, okay. So now the station was giving me a good price because they thought I had a big client. Mm. And the client was giving me work because they thought, you know, we we're going to save them money. Then we did the job. We put the adverts on radio and, and, and TV. But now when it was time for them to pay me, they paid it in H&G advertising and this company did not exist. No. I did not have a company. Yeah. You know, so it was, became a mess in the process. But so I had to now have to go back and say, okay, guys, I can, uh, can I have a cash check so that um, both my account is an issue. But literally, we started this business without an investment, without a, a, a name registered, you know. Without, without a client. Without a client as well. And it's, it's, that has become like something that I wanted to just share with, you know, with, people want to be in business mainly, you know, because men, most of the time people say, oh, no, I can't start because, you know, mm. yeah. I started without the client, without the company registered because if if after you knock off this morning, you go to any of the big companies and you tell them you own a certain company or a certain service, they're not really going to say, oh, we want to see the company, you know, they're going to hear what you can do for them and then that's how it is. We're hanging out with Knight Ganje. We're talking about his journey into business. Currently operating in 14 countries. We will talk about how he got into the rest of Africa straight after this. We are mad about Africa on this show. And every Thursday we speak to Africans doing great things. We're hanging out right now with Knight Ganje. He quit school at 18 and now runs companies like HNG Advertising, HNG Outdoor, HNG Activations, Zonke Ignition, and HNG Express, amongst others. He has business in over 14 African countries. He employs hundreds of staff and is not even 30 years old yet. In fact, uh, he's part of the Forbes.com class of 2017, 30 most promising young entrepreneurs in Africa. Night. Big boss. What a legend. <laughs> so you convince ShopRite in Botswana that you can get them the best deals, the best media placing. You convince a station in Botswana that I've got this client, but you guys need to act fast. Yeah. You eventually set up your company. Yeah. So what happens after that? So when I set up the company, then I quickly realized that, you know, I was going to really need a, 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 a mentor. Mm. Uh, who was going to really because one thing that I realized I was passionate about business and I was not educated but I was really know what I wanted to do you yes. know so then I, I really replaced education with a great mentorship you know so then I, I went and seek so even how I got my mentor it was kind of it was funny because uh, I was talking to actually you know the guy I was talking, talking to Dolphus I asked Dolphus who drives a yellow hammer in this town that yes. guy 
So me, that guy is very rich in a Scott Jagdish. Yeah. So I just went to his office and stayed there and asked, I want to see him. They're like, yeah. but what do you want to see? You know, they, they've got all these winners. Successful people have got 100 rules why you can't see them. Yes. So then I likely I got, I, 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 I sweet talked the secretary to give me the number. And he, she gave me the number. Then I called him. He says, I'm in Zambia. Can I talk to you tomorrow? Then I went the next day and I said, listen, I don't need money. I don't need anything. I just want mentorship and I want advice. Yes. And he says, no problem. You know, I will help you. What yeah. do you want to do? So that's when the whole process of starting to register business came mm. up and mm. to put everything in line. Mm. How did you get into 14 African countries? What are some of the challenges? Oh, so the one of the group, actually how it started is in the beginning. So we were, we started uh, in Botswana and as, as far as we quickly, we started realizing that, you know, our clients wanted us to help them in other markets and mm. we didn't know, have a know-how. And then, so Zimbabwe became the second because I know I was from there, it was easy to go and meet people and say, can we set up something? Mm. Then in my industry, then what I later learned is, as we grow, that our client only wanted one point of reference. Mm -hmm. They want to talk to one person to give them to do the Africa for them. Sure. If you see on a global level, all the agencies, you see an agency win an account globally. Mm. Then they will then go in Africa and talk to a company like us and say, hey, can you be our affiliate in Africa mm. uh, to, do, to do this? So for us in our industry, for us to grow, one of the key challenges to make sure that we go uh, we open up, uh, we go to other markets. Mm. The challenges came, you know, different languages, exchange rates that goes up and down like crazy. Mm. And, uh, but how do you know to trust the person on the ground in another country? How do you, how do you go about vetting such people? So you see, most of it is uh, it's basically but going into the market, you know, talk to and stealing from other agencies. Yeah, that is <laughs> where you know exactly it is. They know the process. Yes, and uh, you also t t take from local people to just say you could even stations. They will tell us, ah, no, that guy can do it. But then try to work with them before you actually really give them a job. Mm. But try to have a process with them. That's how we've seen. That is the biggest problem. People are the biggest challenge in Africa. So which African countries are you in right now? And which country pleasantly surprised you with how quickly things happened? I think the, it has to be Ghana and Uganda. You yeah. know? And even Nigeria surprised me because, you know, when we got into Zonke and, you know, we get into Nigeria, everything I knew about marketing changed. Yeah. You know, they used to be... Nigeria is a different beast. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a massive beast. And also how proud they are of their own product and their way of doing it, you know? Yes. They don't really care for a crispy done ad like other markets would do. <laughs> they would they have that bad-looking ad and be proud as theirs, you know? Uh -huh. Yes. And that really shocked me, you know? And just how, you know, the biggest supermarket is actually the guys on the streets, you know, they bring in... So, in our side, like in our activation and media side and outdoor, this really changed our perspective on how we saw, how we're supposed to do things going forward. But I have to say, you know, Ghana and Uganda has been the most exciting markets. Mm. And currently, we're in 18 markets. You know, we cover the whole of Sadak. Sure. And uh, we, we do Nigeria, Ghana. It, it, we're in Kenya and all these uh, this markets. Yeah. Are you a lone hustler? Do you have family in the business? Do you mm. believe family should be part of the business? Um, fam family. So you, you see, I've 
I started uh, a, a small business for my family in Zim that did not include me so that they can hustle on themselves, you yes. know? And, but in this business, uh, I've got a partner, uh, I've got a business partner as well in the business, my mentor and partner, but my family, you know, I want to keep them close to business because, you know, one of the things is, you know, with Africans, when one make it, you know, you, you don't want the whole family to call you for, for for help all the time. But, you know, you can actually... Do, show them the way. Show them the way. Don't you know, make them dependent. Don't make them dependent. Yes. And I think that's the biggest mistake. People do say, oh, now, now I can send them a check every month. But no, you can... Give them one check to make sure that they you think they can now work. Send them a check and a plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make this check grow. <laughs> yeah. What's your grand plan for yourself and for Africa? My biggest plan is, you know, we really want to dom- We really want to dominate um, uh, the African market. But now, what I want to do is try to see with all the b- different businesses that we have to try to actually help mentor young people mm-hmm. that want to get into business sure. and just to tell them you know now it's no longer time that we should be watching you know with all like with all respect i really feel like we, we, the young people are going and trying to consume a lot of international uh, media just to be motivated mm-hmm. you know like you know i was just telling so easy now that you know for example you know you guys when i go into africa right people know you you're more big than you guys can ever imagine because mm-hmm. you don't get to go into all these markets at one time but it's just now possible for africans to now look up to dj fresh and say i want to be like him you know mm-hmm. rather than going to watch some movie that they're talking about a story that pe- people you can't relate so mm-hmm. that's the thing mm-hmm. that's the key thing someone who's starting a business today mm-hmm. what's the one bit of wisdom you could share with them mistakes maybe that you made when you were starting out one thing uh, if you want to start a business today is to say you know you must really start it and you know like one of the key motivation thing for me is that one day you're gonna die you Mm -hmm. know so if today you didn't die you start the business you know and um, it's gonna be difficult it's gonna just require commitment and it's gonna require you hard work you know I always say you know a, one of the most powerful things that I've ever had is the power of a thought, you know? Mm. That, you know, even if you th- if you look at this building, if you look at the headphones and the clothes you're working, someone thought about it, mm. you know? Everything that someone even... You know, it's it's so powerful that even the location of a building, mm-hmm. some people have to think about it, you sure. know. So it's just the power of a thing, thought that, you know, if a young person wanting think to get... It, think yeah, it. Yeah, think it into to happen, yes, you know? Yes, yes. And it doesn't... It's almost like, you know, like when they say build it they'll come it's, it's true because now you know you see so many if you go across the market so many malls are coming up mm-hmm. and this is coming up but you see that people are still going so what i'll just say is people should just uh, uh the one thing that i was I, I had also recently that really touched me is that you know when you die you must make sure you die after you've robbed the grave you know yeah because they say you know the grave the grave size is the most is the richest place on earth mm-hmm. because on grave sites there are movies songs and everything that has never been done yes so if someone wants to start you know it's go to the grave <laughs> with an empty head it's empty because you've done it all we've done it all that's yes. it uh, all right <laughs> night where do people get a hold of you on social media or if i'm interested in getting advice from you um i'm on uh facebook as uh, night ganja and then also twitter night ganja and then on uh, instagram is night h-e-b Great stuff. Knight, thank you so much for sharing your story, brother man. Thank you so and much. And thanks for being the hard worker that you are. I think a lot of people 
work as hard as you and maybe they needed that extra push I hope so and, and that's why we have you on here thank you so much for thank the you ladies and gentlemen you can find them on twitter at night ganjay